Uh, well, we caught that. So. Yep, good. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Just Browsing. Uh, Matthew here along with Zach. What up? And uh, uh, week eight, fantasy football week season eight as in the well books. as the uh, NFL season in the books. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. Not a big week for uh, our fantasy league uh, in terms of points. Um, I won my fourth game in a row, beating Dean 208 to 164. Again, not a lot of points. Uh, no standouts. Some, I guess Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. That continues you know, to be that, good. That continues to be, be good. So that trade for uh, Aaron Rodgers has, has, has still helped me. Um, I'm going to jump down a game so you can talk about your game. Uh, and then in another game, we had Brandon versus Brandon, a battle of the Brandons. Only one will survive. <laughs> Uh, and actually, Brandon Stevens pulls the upset, moving Brandon down to six and two with a two twenty six to one ninety one win. Again, not a high scoring game for anyone. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, usually like two twenty six, I guess what you could say would be an average. It's kind of like middle of the road, yeah. Yeah, and then anything like above like two forty ish and above is is, mm-hmm. is pretty much like our standard. That's you'll get a win. Yeah. Um. So again, not a game that you know. It just seemed like a weird... I mean, there were a lot of close games in the NFL week. Mm-hmm. And I think that led to a lack of fantasy production because there weren't any blowouts of, you know, oh, this team had five you know, straight touchdowns. It was very yeah. close back-and-forth games or, or it was a one-sided affair, and then all of a sudden it turned back into another one-sided affair in the second half. So yeah. Really, unless you had any Chiefs, you probably weren't right. blowing it up too much. Well, and then the dumpster fire of the week... Uh, <laughs> Zach against Adarian was a 161 to 131 win with Zach squeaking the win out over Adarian. Um, I mean, yikes. Yeah, that was if, a if you really score 161 points and you win in our league by 30, by 30, it's something, you know, his defense was one of his highest scoring at 19 points. It was his third <laughs> yeah. highest scoring. So, I mean, again, not a, I mean, there were three defenses in the, uh, the top 24 scores this week in fantasy was, wow. Well, I guess maybe not because – but for people, there were three defenses that showed up. Pittsburgh's defense, Philly's defense, and the Chiefs' defense. So, yeah, um, just a really low-scoring week. So, I'll yeah. let you talk about, you know, your and Ty's game. And- I think our game was the highest scoring, and Taya beat me 234 to 230. So, 234 was the most points in the league. And like you said, normally – the teams who are scoring the highest points, probably top two or three scores, are 240 and up. And we've even had some scores range near 300. So this week, just really low scoring across the board. Normally, you only see that with maybe one game where everyone's kind of scoring a bunch of points, and then one game just ends up being this kind of weird low-scoring affair. But um, my team was really cruising and looking like we were going to get a win and then Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers <laughs> happened. And he finished with negative two fantasy points, and I lost by four. You know, I know so, there's been a lot of injuries on that team, but man, what a bum season for them. Yeah. At least so far. Yeah. So that really screwed me because I had a couple of monster games. One, one was Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook went off for 63 fantasy points. I believe he had four touchdowns in that game. And then DK Metcalf had an absolutely disgustingly monstrous game. He finished with 50 fantasy points. And you still lost. And I still lost. Like, literally all I needed was Jimmy Garoppolo to score maybe five points, and I would have won. So I that's that was pretty frustrating for me. Um, but, you know, I'm 6-2 and two still. I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm tied with Brandon for the best record in the league. So um, 
We'll I mean, see where it goes from here. I just that was a that's that's one of those games that really frustrate you later in the year where you're like, we should have had that one. You know, I mean, the that nice thing about this w. league is everybody makes the playoffs. So mm-hmm. again, week one of the playoffs is really all that matters. So we don't end up with a sacco. But the way Adarian and Zach's team have been playing, <clears throat> honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if people make runs to pass them to to make them the two bottom seeds. Which then you were like. Maybe I want to play them, you know, like especially yeah. Darian's team. I would love to get first place to yeah, play. Yeah, if Darian's you match up against his team, you got to feel pretty good about that. Which I'm one game back of both you and Brandon right now, so uh-huh. I'm you have along. won four in a row, right? I was that? one in three, yeah, and I've won four straight. Wow, good for you. So the East standings um, are as follows. So I'm I'm in the lead at six and two. Um, like we just said, Matt's won four games in a row. He's now five and three. Um, Taya is four and four, and Dean is three and five. Our, ours, the Eastern Conference is definitely the strongest conference. Oh yeah. The Western Conference, Brandon, like I said, is tied with me for the best record in the league at six and two. Um, Zach is behind him at four and four. Then you got uh, Brandon Stevens at three and five, and then Adarian bringing up the rear at one and seven. <laughs> so our last year's winner is <laughs> through eight games has one win so far this year. So just to goes to show how. Quickly, the uh, tables can turn. So, interesting fact. If the playoffs were to start this week, it would be you versus Darian, Taya versus Zach, and then the two matchups on the other side of the bracket would be Dean and myself, who we just played this week, and then the two Brandons, who we just played this week. Oh, yeah. That's how the uh, projected playoff bracket would would show up if it happened this week. But we got to wait till the week 14. We have six more weeks. Yeah. So... um, (sighs) You know, obviously over halfway, but um, still a lot more fantasy season to come. So, you want to bounce on over? Yeah, to NFL let's uh, let's quick? jump into this uh, recap. Uh, Falcons beat the Panthers on Thursday night, twenty-five seventeen. Wasn't really a flashy game. Uh, kind of kind of boring watching it, but you know the Panthers made it a game at the end, and yeah, thank God they got know, another win. We'll, we'll just say this: that the Falcons did not blow a lead this game. Yeah, so. You know, nothing crazy happened in it. Um, the Falcons beat them 25-17. Matt Ryan had a pretty pedestrian game. 21-30, 281 yards, one interception, zero touchdowns. He had one rushing touchdown, though. Oh, okay. Zero passing touchdowns. Right. But he did throw to Julio Jones a lot, which helped me I was going to say, Julio Jones had a good game. Seven catches, 137 yards. It's a good game. So, uh, Broncos play the Falcons this upcoming week, both coming off wins. Speaking of the Broncos, we'll just move right into it. Our Denver Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, Woo-hoo. what a game! Yeah, right? that was an exciting game. We, we we score or we score we scored three points on our second possession, I believe, because yeah, which we only scored the points because we returned an interception all the way down to the eleven, and we still had to settle and, yeah, for, and then for a field goal. Did not score a touchdown. <laughs> and with that being said, we gained, I believe, it was fifty-six yards of offense in the first half. Good lord, fifty-six yards of offense in the first half, scoring. Three points off of an interception that, that took us into the red zone. So, abysmal. We were down 14-3 at halftime. It, it was looking like the game was over. We couldn't get anything going. You know, the defense was on the field the whole time because the offense would go three and out, three and out, three and out. Mm-hmm. And um, it was getting frustrating. You know, sitting at the bar, we were, we were – I was – I don't know if you could tell I was visibly frustrated, but I was frustrated oh, at the game. I think everyone was. Any Broncos fan there was because the first half, like you said, was just 
you know, I said right as you got to this game, exciting game to watch. It was really more of an exciting second half. Right. Oh, yeah. The first half, was, as a Broncos fan, was just not fun. No. I mean, <laughs> and I think we're lucky. You know, our defense played well enough to keep us in a 14-3 game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't let it so get was too it, out of control. Were we down 24-3 to at one point in that before yeah, we started we were, back? Yeah, we were down 24-3. Yeah, to three. So the Chargers came out and scored 10 unanswered. We're down 24 right. to 3. Philip Lindsay busts out a 55 yard touchdown run mm-hmm. to bring it to 24 to 10. Then we're only down two scores. Yep. And then we score a touchdown with our rookie tight end. I don't, I'm not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his name. It's like, is that the one with Okabunu the crazy Bunu last Bune name? Or yeah, something, I have something no like that. I have it. no idea how to say it. Don't quote me on that. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, we hold the Chargers to two field goals in the fourth quarter, and then uh, we score a touchdown with. I think it's Deshaun Hamilton scored that long touchdown, and then that was followed up by K.J. Hamler scoring as time expired because there was a pass interference call in the end zone as time – or maybe not – I don't think it was time expired. I don't – yeah, time expired on the game-winning play, but I don't Mm. think the pass interference in the end zone was a time expired play. So you're right. Deshaun Hamilton had a touchdown. K.J. Hamler had a touchdown. And then stick with me here. I'm going to try and pronounce this. Albert – Okuem Buganam. <laughs> I don't know how you well, say he, that. He has a special way he wants his name to be said. But with that being said, we scored a touchdown as time expired, which one of the refs was calling it incomplete. Yeah, we and were a little confused when we watched that because he clearly catches it, lands, gets his feet and his, his butt, butt inbounds, inbounds, and, and then, then rolls out. And they, that, that one ref in the corner of the end zone initially ruled it incomplete. Right. I was like, I don't know what you're looking and at. And then, That's you know, they had their conference. <sighs> Ended up calling in a complete, and then it all came down to an extra point to win the game or go to overtime. I don't think I've been more stressed for an extra point in my life. <laughs> and McManus drilled it, and my the Broncos guy, Broncos came back from tw- down twenty four three to win thirty one thirty over the Chargers. Thank moved God. to three and four on the season, and you know keep themselves alive in the in the hunt for a wild card spot. You know they're mm-hmm. not out of it. They've got a couple favorable matchups. We play the Falcons this week. Again, a matchup I think we can win. Uh, it might be a higher scoring affair than uh, people might think, uh, but I, I definitely think we can beat them. Uh, we play the Chargers again, which I, you know, again we can beat them. We play the Raiders twice, we can beat them. So here we go after that win over the Chargers. Here's the AFC West standings. So obviously the Chiefs still in the lead. They're seven and one. Uh, the Raiders are four and three. We're three and four, and then the Chargers are two and five. So we finally got a game separation between us and the Chargers. That that was a big win for us. Um, it's a big confidence booster too. Yeah, when, big when you're down twenty four three and you come back and win in the NFL, especially that's, after that's getting just thing. smoked by the Chiefs, that was just a bad loss. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, it was just it, it wasn't as bad of a loss as we think it was, but the way they played was just horrendous. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, our defense no played good great. Our, our defense that. played great. That's the only thing I'll take away from that is they played great. They were put in really bad situations. Other than that, every phase of the game sucked, which you could see happened in this week's first half. Every single part of that game sucked, but the defense. And, you know, we're, we're still in the hunt for a wild card, especially if they uh, bump up the playoffs to a 16-team playoff, which I guess is still in, in consideration. Hmm. So um, we're not out of it. Uh, but moving on to another game, the Patriots and Bills, uh, 24-21 uh, victory for the Bills. Another game that came down to the very end with Cam Newton fumbling 
yeah. on a run, and I believe they're inside the red zone, so they would have at least mm-hmm. had an opportunity to tie the game with the field goal. Super costly um, turnover there at the end. I mean, just terrible ball control by him. It, it looked like a turnover he should have never had. Like, cover the ball, man. You're you're a running quarterback. You should know how to cover the ball. And he fumbled, and it cost him the game against the Bills. So Patriots moved to 2-5, and five, which you love to see. I mean, I feel like every fan out there loves to see a team That's like for the Patriots sure. just – suck that's for sure one of their worst starts in probably 20 years or since close the bill to belichick era started yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah um but you know the bills are, are a real team their offense didn't perform well that game so kudos to them for you know you got to win the close ones and mm-hmm. they did so they moved to six and two and they have easy control over that division right now and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't see that changing so um a, a very close game uh but you know this next game was a surprise. We had the Bengals yes. beat the Titans. Um, it was 31-20. Joe Burrow coming out slinging. Derrick Henry coming out running. Corey Davis coming out catching. I mean, a lot of scoring when you think about it, but not a lot of scoring. And the Bengals, I think, could be a legit threat in the next couple of years. Yeah, I don't I, think this year's their year to, to you know push to threaten anybody but they've played some really good games against really good teams and yeah and i think they've definitely found their franchise guy i mean they really lucked out getting a guy like joe, joe burrow he's going to be good for years to come so if they can get some pieces around him they're already right there on the cusp like they're right. they're going to be good if they can get just a few pieces and you know if they can do that in, in some drafts and maybe some free agency <sighs> Um, coming up here in the near future, then I think the Bengals are actually going to be a pretty good team, which is you kind know, of exciting because as long as I've been stacked. watching football, the Bengals have not been very good. You know, No, I mean, the Bengals made the playoffs with Andy Dalton like six straight years. They yeah, were in the playoffs. No one remembers that. But I'm saying they were in the playoffs. <laughs> they were one of six teams in the AFC in the playoffs for like five or six straight years. Like if you think about that, you go, you know, like you said, no one remembers that. It's yeah. true. No one remembers that because yeah. they haven't done anything. I don't think yeah. Marvin Lewis, who, their, who was their head coach, had ever won a playoff game in Cincinnati. It's um, it's one of those things that I feel like making the playoffs and then just getting wiped out early is almost the same as just never making the playoffs because no one ever really remembers that. You know, right? It you you you, you just lose a you know chance at a higher draft pick when yeah. you make the playoffs. You, you have that thing that stat you can always tout of hey. We've made the playoffs this many years in a row. Or as a coach, you can say, I, I've, I've coached a playoff football team this many times. But then the, the retort to that is always, yeah, well, you never made it out of the first round, though. Right. So who cares? You know, <laughs> Congrats. You were, you were the worst of the best teams. You know? I mean, right. I, Congrats on your 18th overall draft pick right. while all these other teams are drafting right. ahead of you that had the same record as you, but yeah. you got squeaked in. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it'll be exciting to watch the the Bengals moving forward. I'm I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I mean, we've talked about that before. He's I, I'm just a big fan of that guy. He's crazy talented, and hopefully, he can make the best of a situation you know like he's in right now with a team that's obviously not you know if it's, you're the number one overall pick, you never go to the best team. Um, but really, he probably ended up in a better situation than say Trevor Lawrence might end up if he comes I, out. This I think year Trevor Lawrence going to the Jets in college. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been way worse for Joe Burrow. So. Oh yeah, I, I think the Bengals are a good spot for him. Like you said, there's a lot of they're kind of like, in my opinion, what the Broncos had, or or you could say have. They have all of this talent, 
but they don't like Drew Locke as of now has not shown that he is a franchise QB. Yeah. Joe Burrow has come in and it, it's like he didn't a miss a stride yeah. from moving from LSU to the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, like just think think of the Broncos. If the Broncos have a, a franchise quarterback, you know, we we win some of these closer games. Mm-hmm. You know? If we have a Joe Burrow. Oh, if we have a it Joe Burrow, we could we can be easily sitting, you know, one or two more wins from where we're at. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're undefeated or, or one lost team, but we're not three and four. Yeah, you know, so I, I'm like you. I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow. Um, I would say he has Rookie of the Year if he can stay healthy, but the only other person would be Justin Herbert that would. Come in and take that from him. Who I'm or also a big Clyde, fan of. Clyde Edwards Hilaire from Kansas City. Yeah, that guy's but been playing well. He's going to lose some touches because of Le'Veon Bell signing with the Chiefs. So uh, it'll be interesting. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to following Joe Burrow and, and seeing what happens. So, uh, but here comes a, a, a game that I don't think anyone watched, but the Raiders and the Browns, a 16 to six game in Cleveland uh, with the Raiders beating the Browns. Uh, I have nothing to say. I watched it and there was really bad wins. I was going to say my only <laughs> contribution to the Raiders Browns talk is that when I looked up on the TV at the bar it was windy and cold. It yeah. looked like that's they, it's about all I that, know about that. That was game. I mean so bad Didn't weather affected the game no but uh, just boring game. Uh probably the highest scoring overall game besides the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos scored less. But uh the Colts Lions 41-21 with the Colts winning. Um a lot of offense in that game but I didn't watch anything so I really have nothing to say. Yep, it looks like so here's one of the things that I was actually and maybe we can look this up while we're on the podcast and talk about it but so I've had Matt Stafford in fantasy in years past and he's always been not top tier but he's been very serviceable and very solid for fantasy production. The guy puts up a lot of points it seems like. And this past weekend he was 24 of 42, 336 yards and three touchdowns. I was wondering, have you been following at all how well Matt Stafford has been doing this year? Because I honestly have not seen any Lions games, and I have not been paying attention to him at all. So because I don't have him in fantasy, so I'm not. You know how like some players you kind of like to keep a tab on, right? But if you if they're not on your fantasy team, you just they just fall off your radar because if you're not watching those games, so has he been doing okay or he hasn't bad been doing, or good? He hasn't or what? been doing much. Okay, um, he's on my bench. Okay, I have him on my team. Just, just give me his fantasy production whoa, so far this year, whoa, just so we can have kind of an idea of what he's doing. Because honestly, in years past, Matt Stafford's ha- has been a pretty. He's been like a Philip Rivers, so, where it's not like having Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, but they're definitely capable of slinging the ball around and going for four or five touchdowns. You know, right. I mean, so he's he's ranked twenty second at the quarterback position. Um, and then this is his fantasy weeks. Okay. Super consistent. 16, 15, 19, 25, bye week, 14, 23, 28. There you go. So, so he's not like popping off. Yeah, but, but he, if he's you got to throw him in if someone's on a bye, points. yeah, you're gonna, you're getting a consistent 15 right. or more points. So, okay. All right, I just wanted to check on that because I was kind of wondering. Matt Stafford's been one of those guys <sighs> that ever since I had him on fantasy a few years ago, I've just been like, yeah, Matt Stafford, that guy. And I just kind of He has the potential on, to you know? pop off, and then yeah. he has the potential to be like a one-touchdown, 200 to 300-yard you know, yeah. sixteen yeah. point game, yeah. which you know it's nothing wrong fine. with positive points, yeah. 
But it's better than uh, Garoppolo did last week, where he yeah. got negative two for me. So well, speaking of quarterbacks, the quarterback I traded for, Aaron Rodgers, dropped two ninety one and three TDs. You know, I'm really happy to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense doing so much better than they did last year. Because I had Aaron Rodgers last year, and he had a very non Aaron Rodgers esque year. Yeah. And stats wise, in terms of you, you look at QBR and touchdowns to interception ratio, all that kind of stuff, last year was still really good for him. But fantasy production-wise, he didn't have any of these games, it seemed like, where he was going 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so no. this year, it's a real return to form for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. Unfortunately, they lost to the Vikings 28-22. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a really close. I, though I think I looked, and it was 28-14, to uh, 14, and I'm like, man, the Packers aren't doing anything. And they picked it up, and they just fell short. Which Dalvin Cook had a monster Dalvin game. Dalvin Cook for went the, off. For 30, the 30 carries, 163 yards, three touchdowns. And I think he had four receptions for like 80 something yards and a touchdown. And a pass, yeah, a, recep, a, re, a receiving touchdown. So, yeah. I mean. He just absolutely went off, which but, was really encouraging. But another single digit game, a very close game. And mm-hmm. it came down to Aaron Rodgers got hit in the back. At, and I don't know if they counted oh, yeah, as a I fumble saw that. or if it was an incomplete pass. Yeah, it was but, on another uh, TV. I, I couldn't watch it closely, but I saw as he was throwing, he got hit. And I don't yeah. know. So, what so I don't know how throwing, they ruled but, it if it was yeah. fumble or incomplete. But uh, that was their chance. I mean, they were driving to have a chance to tie it, mm-hmm. and that happened. And, so. you know, if anyone in the league is capable of throwing some Hail Marys down the field and getting you late-game late, late game heroic touchdowns, it's that guy. And that team. He's, they they he's, seem to have, yeah. like... They're like some random fifteenth string receiver comes in and like yeah. catches a fifty five thousand touch ball and then yeah. he's just standing in the end zone like woo yeah Aaron Rodgers has I mean we've watched throughout the last what ten years it's been a handful of times where it's late game heroics Aaron Rodgers just takes the ball runs around back there in the backfield a little bit just bombs a sixty yard throw and somehow his receiver comes down yeah. with it amidst this big scrum of people in the end zone and they win late. So Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You never want to be giving that guy the ball with any sort of time on the clock no. with you know down by within reach, you know, with D- by yeah. a touchdown or eight points. The dude's or a true quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. He's a beast. But uh, moving on to the blowout of the week, uh, the Chiefs beat the Jets 35-9. Patrick Mahomes going off, but not really a shocker here. The Jets are 0-8 and just a, yeah. Jets a, are just... a POS franchise right now. And um, Trevor Lawrence, if you listen to Just Browsing, <laughs> stay at Clemson. Yeah, maybe he's been so bored with his COVID diagnosis and having to be quarantined that he's found our podcast. What do you think? I mean, that'd be dope. Go Tigers? <laughs> and congrats to Clemson I mean, for winning without like Trevor Lawrence this past yeah. weekend. And they, they got to play number four Notre Dame this weekend with that. Oh, boy. Him, so. One verse four could go down. Uh, okay, moving on. The Dolphins with an upset of the Rams. Tua making his first career start, not doing anything because his defense got a fumble recovery for a touchdown, I believe. Yeah, let me. And then a uh, kickoff or a punt return for a touchdown. So Tua's first start in Miami, because we covered that on our last uh, NFL recap podcast that. Brian Fitzpatrick, who had led the Dolphins to what a three and three start, is that? Uh, they, yeah, they're four and three now. They were three and three, a three and three start for the year, and was playing pretty well. Got benched in favor of Tua. So Tua Tagovailoa's first start was this past weekend, and not much to write home about. He was twelve of twenty-two, ninety-three yards, and a touchdown. Had a QBR of twenty-five, but. Like you said, it didn't matter because the Dolphins' defense came through and scored a bunch of points, and they won 28-17 over the Rams. Yeah, I mean, 
a boring game if you look statistic-wise from the Dolphins' standpoint. The Rams put up a lot. Jared Goff had 355 yards on a TD. But that Dolphins' defense just shut them down. Yeah, the Dolphins' defense had three touchdowns, apparently. So <laughs> No, yeah. they had uh, two. They had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and then a punt or kick return for a touchdown. Miles Gaskin, the running back, had a touchdown as well. Well, it says they have three, so oh. you argue with the ESPN stats, guys. You should write a strongly worded well, letter. maybe Miles Gaskin had a rushing touchdown with Tua. They shared the balls they ran in the end. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, a surprising game. The Dolphins are a lot better than I have expected them to be. But uh, still a team that's like, I feel like they could be beat any day by any team. Yeah. But then a team that could also beat any team. I like how day. scrappy they are. You know, they're a, they're a franchise that could they're very easily just roll over and be, you know, 0-8 or 1-7. But they're not. You know, four and three is a pretty respectable record, and they're hanging in there. They're fighting every week and beating a pretty decent Rams team. I mean, the Rams aren't anything crazy, but they're not bad either. So that's a good win for the Dolphins. Yeah, especially considering Tua came out and didn't really do anything. He didn't have you know? to do anything, so, which is good because then you yeah. don't put him under a lot of pressure at, in his first start. I'm excited to see Tua get out there and have to really take take the reins and you know be a game manager and lead that team to a win one week. I'm gonna, I'm excited to see what he does when he's put in that situation. Yeah, but it, it'll be we'll good. have to wait another week to see that. He'll probably pop off against the Broncos later in the year. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's how Denver sports seem to be is anytime someone has like a record-setting day or they just go off out of nowhere, it's always against the Rockies, the Nuggets, or the Broncos. It just seems mm-hmm. to be, in, in my experience watching Denver sports, it's like, Oh, this guy who's never thrown a no-hitter threw a no-hitter against the Rockies. What a shock. Or it's, I mean, like the Nuggets, like we talked about in the playoffs. They're like, you know, the dude that scored the most points in the first round of the playoffs is who the Nuggets play every single night. Yeah. And they give up 50 (laughs) points a game to him. And he's never done this before. And everyone's like, great. Yep, it's against the Nuggets. Of course it is. Whole different discussion. But uh, moving on to another great game. The Steelers stay undefeated with a 28-24 win over the Ravens. Um, Yeah. Very close game. game. Uh, Another, another, uh, excuse me nail biter at the end Lamar Jackson uh, incomplete pass in the end zone is I don't think time expired but uh, it was fourth down and so Lamar Jackson is not playing at the level that we've come to expect from him especially at the level he was playing at last year and the year before so um, I don't think he's playing poorly but he's not playing at an mvp caliber like he's been known to so play. i think he's playing at the level that a lot of the, that 31 other teams thought he was gonna play at right um they didn't see him as a patrick mahomes-esque quarterback mm-hmm. um would i still take him over drew lock probably oh yeah um would i take him over a lot of quarterbacks probably yeah uh has he regressed this year sure do I think that's going to stay that way? I don't know. They're five and two. A lot of seasons left say, to be played. It's, it's not hurting them so far. No. They're five and two. They're five so and they're two. They're position. two games back from the Steelers in the division, and you know they're they're still a very strong, good team. It just they maybe they haven't started clicking yet, and mm-hmm. when they do, it could be that team that everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And there's the Ravens. He's a, again. he's the type of guy that any Sunday from here on out could go could come out there and have us all going, "Oh." There's the guy that we're right. used to seeing. You know, the the 400-yard game with five touchdowns. You're like, all right, yeah. okay, Lamar Jackson's 100 yards back. on the ground, yeah. 300 passing. Yeah. And he, like, I mean, oh. he's capable at any moment of doing right. something like that. So well, I think he's just, for whatever reason, been held in check so far this year. Maybe 
his game, his timing's off or something. I don't really know. You got to think on. too, like as a defensive coordinator in the NFL, after a guy torches you two years in a row, you go, okay, when we play the Ravens, place, yeah. we're always. I mean, like this is a bad example, but when I played Madden, if there was a rush, like a quarterback that could run the ball, I always had a spy, so I had a linebacker follow yeah, him everywhere. You're just keying on, just because. You know, if as soon as he gets outside the pocket, if there's a ten yard gap in front of him, he could turn that ten yards into a sixty yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Or he turns a ten yards into he gets a defender to bite on him running while he's still behind the line of scrimmage, he drops a twenty, thirty yard pass in. Yeah. You know, so teams are starting to learn how to play against running quarterbacks, but it's when you know, I think that's where like play action comes in, is when you get your own running back to have a good running game, then you can get your quarterback on the move more and um, but I think teams are starting to key in on, on him a little bit on his runs, and they're playing it smarter. So mm-hmm. I think that could have an f- effect into it, or he just hasn't gotten into that game yet to where he's going to just yeah go off and everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, great. Yeah. Glad I played against him. <laughs> uh, another game, an OT game, the Saints-Bears. Uh, 26-23, the, the Saints hold on in overtime, move 5-2, and two, drop the Bears to 5-3. and three, and I mean, it was an exciting game. There wasn't... The only thing that I really took from this game was that Bears receiver punching the Saints DB in the head. Like that was really weird. How <laughs> to know? I mean, it was it was hilarious to watch. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. And, and apparently the the DB had spit in his face or something. I know. I had heard there was some sort of a background to it that I was not previously aware of. I haven't read into it or anything. I don't really care but, that much. But to casual viewers who weren't watching that game, and even maybe to people who were watching that game, that seemed like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> Not only did it come out of nowhere, like if, if you truly spit on him, if someone spits on you, you're going to get in an altercation right away. When it happens. When it happens. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, I'll I'm going to wait this. a few plays, yeah, like, and then come sucker punch I mean, him. just just watch it on YouTube. Go look up, you know, Saints Bears fight or whatever. The dude's standing there, doesn't even know. He walks up, stands there, and just smacks him in the helmet, yeah. and then gets ready to fight as the dude turns and looks and like, Dude, what was and that? And the Saints player was not even looking his way. He was facing no, the opposite way. he just smacked way, him in the side Looking of the at head. the play. He kind of walks in front of him and then like hits him and then hits him again. And then the Saints player yeah. is like, what is happening he, right he now? Was, he was like waiting for the Saints player to react. Yeah, he Saints, was. He didn't react. He was I mean, waiting he, for a retaliation and it never happened, so he just hit him again. I mean, he was smart when it came to it because he didn't get kicked out of the game. He's not getting fined. He's not yeah. getting suspended. Yeah. But it was just bizarre. I mean, that's Do we all know I took from what that happened with the Bears guy? What his two game suspensions are? Okay, yeah, that seems fair. I mean, so, he pretty much just basically picked a fight in the middle of the field, you know, for no reason, <laughs> for absolutely no reason. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Can't there was that. that. And then uh, the last game of the day slate was the 49ers at the Seahawks, a 37 27 win for the Seahawks to move to six and one, while the 49ers go to four and four. Russell Wilson jumped right back onto that MVP caliber uh, play with four TDs. As Zach said, you know, DK Metcalf. Had a monster game. 161 yards on 12 catches for two TDs. Yeah. I just popped off. Um, That Seahawks offense is legit. We know Seattle for being a defensive team, but this offense has got to be their best offense that they've had in years. Bison's like the – Hasselback era and they're good. I mean, this offense, if they if their defense could put some stuff together, that's gonna be a very, very tough team to beat. I so. actually weirdly like the Seahawks this year. And I've never been a Seahawks fan, mainly because of the absolute drubbing they gave the Broncos in the Super Bowl in what was it, twenty thirteen? Yeah. Um, but I am a big fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's real humble. He's just 
you know, he's a, a good guy, a, a vet, just guy that does all the right things, and he's also a baller, and he's having an MVP type year. And Pete Carroll's a really good coach. DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett, just really good weapons. He's got other weapons too, because he ends up throwing out of four touchdowns. He'll throw four or five touchdowns each week, and sometimes it's to three or four different receivers. Right, he usually spreads it, or yeah. or it's like eight to Metcalf, <laughs> or yeah, and Tyler or Lockett. It's kind of one one or the other. Either it's everyone has one touchdown catch, or maybe Lockett or DK Metcalf have three of them or right. something. And the other one has the other one or yeah. six. Yeah. So um, yeah, the Seahawks are for real, and they're mm-hmm. six and one. The Niners dropped to four and four. Like we kind of mentioned already, the Niners just really struggling this year. And I think I don't know how much of it was Garoppolo. I think he re-injured that ankle that he, he had a high ankle sprain earlier this year that he was out for a few games. I don't know if he re-aggravated uh, they that. Said this, this week. was a whole new injury, is, or is what Shanahan said, or if he just wasn't playing well. But for whatever reason, he got yanked out of that game and left me with negative two fantasy points, and I lost. So thanks, Jimmy Garoppolo. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Uh, again, they're not doing what I expect them to do, but still, eight games in the season, a lot of time to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday night dumpster fire: the two and six Cowboys against the three, four and one Eagles. The well, yeah. that's what the records are now. But I... The Eagles won twenty three nine. I barely watched the game Neither. because I didn't watch Ben DiNucci was the leading passer with 180 yards. Who was Ben DiNucci? Some quarterback from like Moorhead State or something like that. Wow. So yeah, the Cowboys fans out there are just really struggling this year. They had like the, Super Bowl hopes before the season started, and then the season started, and you had Dak Prescott thrown for 500 plus yards and five touchdowns, and you were still losing games, and yeah. now you're on your third string quarterback. And see I mean, where where the they messed is, up. With their defense earlier this year? Because the defense is their biggest problem, hands down. Oh, yeah. Where they messed up earlier this year is letting up so many points and losing games in which Dak Prescott was balling out of control and losing those games. And now, once Dak gets hurt and Andy Dalton gets hurt, you don't have a really good record to fall back on and go, oh, okay, we can afford to lose a couple games here while Andy Dalton gets back and in, in comes I mean, back on track. They're just fucked now. I mean, the thing is they can't afford to lose games because that guess, division is a dumpster I fire. guess they're, yeah, the only, the silver lining for Cowboys fans is your division this year is just a hot pile of garbage. I mean, the <laughs> so, Eagles lead your division at 3-4-1. and one, Yeah. And, and you held them to a 23-9 to nine game with your third string quarterback. Yeah. Take some positives from it. There's yeah. there's none in my opinion, but take something if you're a Cowboys yeah. fan. I mean, there's there's definitely stuff you can grasp at, but you know, if you're if they were unlucky enough to be in a division with like the Ravens and the Steelers, oh, that or te- teams of that caliber, it'd be it's a joke, it's yeah. a wrap. So they're just lucky they're in a, a division with a bunch of other terrible teams this year. So <laughs> they're just lucky that that dumpster is going to burn for this whole season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and then to end up to wrap up Monday night. <coughs> excuse me, I'm dying over here again. The Buccaneers squeak out a two-point win over the one and seven Giants. You know, twenty-five, twenty-three, and that I don't know. Did you watch it? I did not. So there's there was there's a PI call that people say was missed. Other people say it wasn't PI on the two-point conversion, which would have tied the game. Oh, okay. Um, so the Giants had a chance there at the end. The Giants okay. should have tied it had Daniel Jones thrown a better ball. Okay. Um, I and didn't then, then there would have been so. no question as to PI. Um, <clears throat> But the Giants showed their will in, in 23-25 against the Bucks. Either the Bucks sucked that night, and I didn't really watch too much of it, but or the Giants are, are legit at 1-7. Yeah, that's a very close game for 
a team in the Buccaneers who are pretty good and a team in the Giants who are pretty not good. <laughs> yeah. So it's a pretty surprising score, 25 to 23. I didn't watch any of it, so I'm just kind of looking at the scores here. Brady goes 28 of 40, 279 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So Brady's honestly continuing to have a pretty good year so far, which is just really shocking because the dude is 900 million years old. So it's amazing that he's still doing this. Well, you know what's funny? So that- I was I saw something and they go the greatest franchise that you could argue the one of the greatest franchise in the NFL is gone. The Patriots are done. And they go this shows that no matter what players you have and, and I hate Tom Brady. You know I hate Tom Brady. I do not like the guy. Never have. Never will. Um but they go see what happens when you have the best coach ever in the NFL. And then you have the best player ever in the NFL on the same team, or the best quarterback ever in the NFL on the same team. They win a lot of football games because they know how to work together. See what happens, or see the impact on having the best player ever taken off of that team? Because you see it with the Patriots. So, I don't like this narrative that's being developed of what you were just talking about, of everyone now going oh you know we're through eight games in the 2020 nfl season and everyone's like oh see tom brady is way better of a quarterback than bill belichick was as a coach because obviously the buccaneers are are succeeding where the patriots are failing and struggling this year and i'm just not willing to buy into that yet because if you look at the weapons (sighs) that the buccaneers have that brady has the buccaneers it's insane well and who do the patriots have on offense like name me a top five or an elite level player. I mean, Julian Edelman would be the person that people would say. Ish, or and you he's would hurt, or you would say the ex so MVP in Cam Newton, right? Who's really struggling Who and not playing well. So the Patriots have pretty much nothing going for them on offense. If Bill Belichick had two or three of the weapons that the Buccaneers have, I think they'd be just fine. I don't think they'd be killing well, it, I mean, but they wouldn't be at two wins. I mean, a great example of this, and I think this is going to happen to the Bucs too. When Peyton Manning got hurt with the Colts, they sucked. That franchise fell into shambles until Andrew Luck got up and, mm-hmm. and took, took the reins. The Broncos were in shambles until Peyton Manning took the reins. Then we were... Arguably the best team in the NFL for four years. We had oh, yeah. some really shitty games, obviously, went that led to our demise. Bowls, yeah. Two Super Bowls, went one and one in them. Peyton Manning leaves. Our team goes straight to shit. <laughs> Haven't been shit since Peyton Manning in 2015. Mm-hmm. So the Patriots are doing what the Broncos did. They went all in. I mean, they paid for big-name players. They traded away a bunch of assets for big-name players. Now they're paying for it because they don't have anybody. So the Buccaneers are going to be in that same boat here in a couple of years. If t- when Tom Brady retires, the, the Buccaneers aren't going to have Brady, Gronk. I don't think they'll still have Evans, Antonio Brown, Godwin. Some of those guys are going to like, either be retired or they're going to be gone mm-hmm. on different teams. And the Buccaneers are going to regress all the way back down to the bottom. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be this ever-changing cycle of, you know, unless you can breed quarterbacks, like, for some reason, Green Bay is – great at breeding quarterbacks and staying yeah. relevant because they had Brett Favre and then they replaced Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, you can't get a better one-two punch than yeah. that. Yeah. And, 
you know, the Saints, I think, will be good when the, Drew Brees retires because I think Taysom Hill could be a great quarterback. That'll be super interesting. And, to watch. you know, it'll be an interesting, I don't know what they'll do, but like the Chiefs, they have Patrick Mahomes. They had Alex Smith, mm-hmm. who Alex Smith, before his disgustingly and terribly tragic injury, was a quarterback leading that team to a lot of wins and mm-hmm. almost to that Super Bowl cusp. And then you see, like, the teams that don't have quarterbacks and they struggle. But then they get a quarterback and they're good and that quarterback leaves and they struggle again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's this – I think the Bucs will struggle as soon as Tom Brady leaves. And I I truly think it's kind of just that effect of you lose that veteran leadership that knows how to win and knows how to control a locker room, control a huddle, be the, the, you know, field general and – you know, I, I don't think Tom Brady made Bill Belichick, and I don't think Bill Belichick made Tom Brady. I, I'll stand by that argument still. Um, yeah, I, but it's, it's, that's where I... It's interesting to see that you have a team go all in like the Bucks this year with all the players they have, and then a team that went all in, and they're now feeling that repercussion. So, it's interesting. That That's where I land with it is, it was... And this is what I was trying to tell you earlier this year. I don't know if we were talking about this on a podcast or if we were talking about it before we started recording one, but it's it was a mutually beneficial relationship where, yeah, Bill Belichick as head coach of the Patriots had arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. And conversely, Tom Brady as quarterback of the Patriots had arguably the best head coach of all time in right. Bill Belichick. So they obviously both mutually benefited from that you know professional working relationship i'm definitely not ready to throw in the towel like a bunch of people are doing of course a lot of this is a lot of where you hear this type of stuff is in sports talk radio and on sports talk shows and stuff during the day where they just they got to fill hours of content of stuff to talk about oh, yeah they just pull shit out and of people ass. rex ryan is one of the he, i'll have to find the quote he used it was somewhere on instagram because i follow the get up page you know that show on espn but Rex Ryan is the king of just coming out and saying shit out of his ass that just is the most ludicrous things. Just, you know, you know, talking heads on TV will just say shit to get a rise out of people oh, yeah, and, it's and just, be, become a talking point. It's just like point. first take or whatever, yeah. you know. So he's been one of the guys coming out talking about, I don't know what his exact quote is, but he's basically just saying like, oh, well, you know, based on what we've seen so far, obviously, you know, Tom Brady was more influential to that Patriots success than Bill Belichick because the, you know, the the Patriots dynasty is over and they're garbage and all this kind of stuff. It's like, guys, take it easy. It's eight games into the 2020 season. Like you said, they're lo- he's losing a generational talent at quarterback. If he had any pieces on offense this year, I think the Patriots would be doing just fine. So we'll see what they can do in the drafts and here in the future or maybe through free agency. If they can get any sort of weapons, if, if Cam Newton stays there and he's their quarterback, if they can get any sort of weapons other than Julian Edelman, I think they're going to be just fine. I was really hoping see, that's Nikhil issue. Harry was going to be really good and uh, a big piece of their offense, but he just so far this year has not really well, proven to be that you know instrumental in their success. But I think a lot of that is because Cam Newton hasn't been playing as well, say- especially recently. So I, th- I thought, and I said this <sighs> earlier this year, I thought that Cam Newton going to the Patriots was – perfect for him it was perfect for a guy who just five short years ago was mvp of the league and playing in a super bowl who's one of the best quarterbacks and best athletes we've seen in a long time who had basically just been cast aside by the nfl every team in the nfl 
for him to get picked up by a team like the Patriots was perfect for him. And it was perfect for the Patriots because they paid little investment. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, I mean up front, it's, basically paid nothing. It's to low, get him. low risk, high reward. Low risk, high reward. And the only thing that he can come in there and do is end up being amazing and, and balling out of control. But he just so far hasn't done that this year. Well, he's actually played pretty decent in the first few games. It's just been the last two or three where he's really struggled. Especially the game against the Broncos, he did not do very well. well last this week last he week, he did not old. do very well. But if he can turn it around and they can get whatever that is figured out, I think they're going to be all right. And I just think what they're, what they're ha- what's happening right now is that he just has no one to throw to. <laughs> that well, offense has hardly any weapons. And their only weapon, Julian Edelman, right now is out, hurt. He just had a knee surgery or something. So I mean, I will say this. Cam Newton right now is not making a very strong case for a new contract on oh, on, definitely on, not and, right on any yeah. team to be a starting quarterback. Yeah. And you know, I get what you're saying about having the right weapons to throw to, but there's some years where quarterbacks have like look at Aaron Rodgers. The dude has Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's a massive target. But other than that, pretty much all of his receivers they are starting on his team aren't picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues. The last They're couple very, of years, his receivers have been like that. Yeah, but he's still, just like he no could one, still go for yeah. 4,000 you know, plus yards and 30 yeah. plus touchdowns, which is crazy to think you know, he wills that to happen. He, he makes those players around him better. And right now, Cam Newton's not making anyone around him better. And, and I mean, a prime example was his fumble at the end of the game this weekend. That was a really You're supposed to turnover. be a leader on that team, and, and that turnover cost you a chance to win the game. So right now, his play, if I'm a GM, I'd be like, I'll give you a million bucks to be our backup. He, so here's his 2020 stats so far. He's got 1,143 passing yards, two touchdowns compared to seven interceptions for a QBR of 46. And how many times has he been sacked and fumbled? I don't know. I can figure that out. But, um, yeah, just not great so far. And – you know, I have faith in that experiment long term. I think Bill Belichick and Cam Newton can get it turned around, but I just think beyond this season, they need to get some weapons in there. And maybe if they decide to go somewhere else at quarterback, that's fine. But whoever you have behind center is going to have to have someone to throw to other than Julian Edelman. I mean, if like I said, if if the Patriots had one or two of the guys from Tampa Bay. <laughs> That'd be great. You know, just one or two of those offensive weapons from Tampa Bay, and they'd be solid. But Brady's got, you know, five or six awesome choices to choose from in Tampa Bay, and Cam Newton has no one, essentially. So so he's been sacked 12 times, and he's fumbled twice, losing one of those. Yeah, so seven interceptions and two fumbles through, what, eight games? So, I don't know. I mean, I still have faith in Cam Newton. I'm not selling my Cam Newton stock yet, but... um, I don't know. And Bill Belichick moving forward, like I, if I was a betting man, I'm going to be betting on the head coach for longer sustained success than I'm going to be betting on any player in any position. Just because the head coach, his success is not dependent on his body. And any player you have in the NFL, if their body fails them, they cease to become successful. That's just how it works. That's the nature of football. So Bill Belichick can be coaching till he's – 85 years old if he wants as long as he can stand there on the sideline or sit up in a booth with a headset on and his mental faculties are still with him he can still remain to be a really good head coach in the nfl for a really long time so you know he's got years to come of drafts and free agency acquisitions and all kinds of stuff so the patriots are going to turn it around you don't you don't have that level of sustained success for 
20 years or more without being really good at what you do. I mean, I know it helped to have Tom Brady, but like they're going to they're going mean, to be it, just fine. It'll be interesting, but I don't see them getting as quick of a rebound as you think. I think they're going to struggle for 2 to 4 years. I'll give them that time frame and then they'll find themselves again. I, I think they're going to go through a rebuilding phase and they're going to have to, you know, like Broncos fans here, we expect to win every year. That's just the nature of Broncos football. We've been spoiled with Broncos football forever with how good of a winning team we've been except for these last few years. Yeah, and in my opinion, that's those are real, really unrealistic expectations well, for Broncos fans. But I'm not, I'm not saying, continue, like, continue I'm not saying being a Super Bowl team every year, but we expect to win games. We expect to be in the playoff hunt every year and be mm-hmm. competitive. The same goes for the Patriots. They always, you know, with Tom Brady, they expected, for them, it was more Super Bowl or bust than any other fan base. Yeah, but the thing is, and, they proved that over and over. Right. I mean, they went to nine Super Bowls Right, but I'm saying years. it's going to take them years to rebuild. This isn't going to yeah. happen overnight. You, you, well, see and honestly, what, you see what Tampa's done, and you see what the Broncos did. You bring in a franchise player like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, you see the talent flock in. We brought in Peyton Manning. We got... Uh, Akib Talib, we got T.J. Ward, Demarcus Ware, you know Emmanuel Sanders. The list goes on with people that sign with the Broncos to make a playoff push to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with that team. Look at Tampa. Gronk's like, I'll come out of retirement to play with you in Tampa. Yeah, you know Antonio Brown always wanted to play with Tom Brady. Now he's on the Buccaneers. Yeah, and you, I think- you had Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. Then Leonard Fournette gets cut by. By uh, Jacksonville, and he goes, I'll go play in Tampa. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at the talent that flocks to these teams that have these players. You know, and when Tom Brady leaves, like I said, that talent's going to leave. It's just like the Broncos. Peyton Manning left, our team fizzled. We we had to go into a rebuild mode, and we're yeah. we're we're on the up of the rebuild, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take the Patriots years to rebuild from losing Tom Brady, and it's going to take them some time to get back under their feet to become that franchise. Especially with Buffalo being the team they are, they're going to control this division for a while. Well, And depending on the Dolphins, here's something that the Dolphins I think come in. is important to keep in mind in this discussion. It's that as a Patriots fan and the Patriots organization, their levels of expectation in terms of success are totally different than any other franchise in football. Just because they have sustained a level of success in the NFL that very few franchises, if if any, have ever have ever reached in a let's say two decade. Right, time but losing span. Tom Brady as a smart football fan, you have to know that your realistic expectations would be playoffs. Right. Hopes. So what I'm saying is that that's what I was getting to is their definition of success versus other teams' definition of success is a little different. So I think. Everyone else around the league thinking the Patriots are going in the shitter is just that just means to them they're not in the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. But to any other team in the league, if the Patriots end up turning this around either this year or next year and being a playoff team but not making the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, that's still considered a successful season for most franchises in the NFL. It's just for the Patriots. They're used to being in the Super Bowl damn near every year and the AFC Championship game damn near every year. So if that's not the level that they're reaching, they're like, well, this is a failure. Well, they're going to be failing for years to come. So <laughs> the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers are going to have hold of the AFC for – I mean, maybe not – the Steelers are going to – I was going to say, I think, I think the, the end of the, the 
reign of success for the Steelers is probably coming to an it's end coming, with Ben Roethlisberger whenever that happens. But, but definitely the Ravens and Chiefs are going to have – I mean, yeah. as a Broncos Chiefs fan, sure. it sucks. But the Chiefs are going to control not only the division but the conference oh, for years yeah, to yeah. come. And, I mean, they're, the, they're going to be the new Patriots if you think about it. They have a franchise quarterback locked in for 10 years. People are going to want to play with him for cheap just to play with him. Mm -hmm. And he's going to will that team to multiple – I mean, it sucks, but he's going to will that team to multiple championships. And, and there's no denying that that Chiefs team is honestly the team to beat. I oh, know, yeah. I know the Steelers are undefeated, but this Chiefs team is the team to beat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so as far as the AFC goes, it needs to be playoff or bust for 95, 99% of the teams. And then the Ravens and Chiefs for the foreseeable future are going to be a Super Bowl or bust team. Mm -hmm. You know, for the Broncos, if we go positive, if we go eight and eight, I'm gonna be ecstatic. I, yeah. If we make the playoffs, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck yeah, we have a chance." We yeah. Have, we for the, have, for we the have Broncos, a sh shot in the dark. I'm just hoping for eight and eight or just a slightly winning season at this point because it's been three <laughs> seasons nine in a seven, row. Of eight and eight or nine and seven, I think we're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's been really. But show show us something Broncos. to give us that more like, all right, here we're going. Like yeah. we're, we're gonna climb because the Chiefs didn't just jump into it. They they had to slowly build and then, bam. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have just as much talent on our offense that they do, we just have to get experience and not suck. Because we I, suck I, at executing. I team sucks at executing. I wouldn't go that far as to say I mean, the same I'm not saying our quarterback is, but Noah Fant can be just as good, if not better, than Travis Kelsey. Jerry Judy's arguably going to be one of the best route runners in I mean, the NFL. as of right now, KJ Hamler's got the close, speed to match Tyreek. That's why I'm saying you got to give us some, some time maybe. and experience. We'll KJ Hamler has the speed – to match Tyree Kill. Cortland Sutton, our best receiver, is out, but he, the dude can catch anything thrown. Well, maybe not anything. If he's wide open, he'll probably drop it. But the dude makes crazy catches. Like, we have all this. Philip Lindsay, in my opinion, we have all this talent. I, the thing is, is they just fucking can't put it together. <laughs> I love your relentless optimism about the Broncos. Dude, I mean, look at it. It on is paper, just relentless optimism. On paper, we have arguably the best young offense in the NFL. Our offense is one of the youngest in the NFL. We have two rookie wide receivers. We have an undrafted free agent running back who's been a 2,000-yard rusher in back-to-back -back seasons. We have a quarterback that is unproven. That is our, you know, our wild card, which is the quarterback's, of course, the most – yeah, uh, who's the position. latest in a long list of those kind right. of type of guys, too, but which is the real problem. Noah Fant and our other tight end, Albert O, are, you know, they're proving that they can be very competitive in the, in the passing game. Cortland Sutton's a Pro Bowl wideout. I mean, we have all the talent. We just need someone that can put the ball into their hands and not fucking overthrow them or throw behind them or fucking just suck. And perhaps an offensive line that would not... Well, that just goes. We, we haven't had an offensive line since Peyton. Our quarterbacks have been hit like eight hundred thousand times. Yeah. Um. You want to go into the games for next week, the matchups, real quick? Yeah. I, I can just, run through them if you want. Yeah. Let's just run through them and. So for week nine, we have Thursday night. This week is Packers and 49ers. Um. I would say that'd be a pretty good game to watch, but honestly, the way the Niners have been playing recently, I think that's probably going to be. I mean, it should be on paper a pretty convincing Packers win. We'll see what happens. So Aaron Rodgers, I'm just looking at this so far this year, is uh, 1,948 passing yards and 20 touchdowns through eight games. So Maybe not the most yards, but a lot of touchdowns. 
Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been playing really well this year. So Sunday, like you said, Broncos are matching up against the Falcons. Um, that's a very winnable game. I'm really hoping we catch the Falcons on one of their stereotypical down weeks and we can beat them and get two wins in a row following the Chargers win. That'd be huge. Um, the Seahawks play the Bills. That ought to be a pretty good matchup right there. Um, we were just singing the praises of the Seahawks for quite a while, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the Bears play the Titans. That should be a pretty decent matchup. That'll be a very good matchup. Um, the Ravens play the Colts, another pretty decent matchup. The Panthers play the Chiefs. The Lions play the Falcons. No, the Lions play the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Why did I say Falcons? Um, the Lions play the I Vikings. Sorry. <laughs> I was must have been thinking Falcons. Um, the Giants play the Washington football team. That's probably not going to be that exciting. Fire? I mean, it'll probably be an exciting game, but yeah. dumpster fire. Kind of a dumpster fire. Um, the Texans play the Jaguars. Another um, dumpster fire. The Raiders play the Chargers, so there's an AFC West matchup right there. The Steelers play the Cowboys. Yikes. Steelers ought to roll in that game. Dolphins play the Cardinals, so the Cardinals could coming be, off their bye week last game. week. Um, we'll see what happens there. Saints and the Buccaneers and Sunday Night Football. That ought to be Very a pretty good, good game, game to watch. I'm, I, I'll probably be tuning in for that one. And then Monday night, we got the Patriots and the Jets. So if the Patriots can't beat the Jets, then I am definitely more concerned as, than I just we'll, was. We'll, re, we'll retouch this we'll, conversation we'll, we'll, yeah, next we'll week. We'll revisit this conversation. But I'm not anticipating that they lose to the Jets. The Jets are 0-8. They're just really bad. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's not a, there's even, not even a, a Patriots team thing, that's yeah. struggling ought to beat that really terrible Jets team. So, and then on a bye this week, we got the Bengals, the Browns, the Rams, and the Eagles. So, yeah. there you go. That's week nine coming up for the NFL season. So, we'll see. Hopefully, our Broncos can get a second win in a row here. Knock on wood. I would knock on. Well, she's awake. So, knock on wood. <laughs> she's uh, it, was, at me. it was just me, dog. Don't you worry. <laughs> it was just me. But, uh, yeah, let's knock on wood for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a week eight, you know, rundown. And mm-hmm. hopefully uh, your guys' fantasy teams are doing as well as ours and, and enjoying fantasy football like we are as well as having sports back. And uh hope you guys had a safe Halloween. Now it's Christmas mm-hmm. time. Fuck Thanksgiving. It's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that it's already November. Here we are. Thanksgiving's going to be right around the corner. Since we haven't left our that, house for Christmas. seven months. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, it's changing topics before we get into that. Yeah. No, I was just going to say real quick, this year has seemed simultaneously really short and really long. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it seems like just the other day it was March, but then also that seems like a year and a half ago. <laughs> it, <laughs> so, seems, it seems really short because nothing's happened. So, like, time's yeah. just going. Yeah. But then it seems really long because nothing's happened. We've been in the same bullshit for fucking yeah. eight months and now. And you realize it's been eight months, yeah. And, you know... Just waking up, working from home, a lot of us, at least I am, and then yeah. just doing that day after day, and then you realize eight months has gone by. Right, and <laughs> your nowhere, weekends so. come in, you sleep in, you wake up, yeah. you're like, well, there's nothing to do, so I'm just yeah. going to sit at home again, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's Monday, and you're like, well, shit, I'm back in my chair working. Yeah, so this has been, thankfully, this has been actually... Probably a really good time to start a podcast because... Yeah, except for everyone else in the world is probably starting one. Oh, well. But ours is better. But our listeners are the best. <laughs> but you guys are the best you viewers guys out there. Never cheat on us with another We're podcast. relying on you to spread the word. So thanks for tuning in to the Just Browsing Podcast again this week. We may or may not be back later this week with uh, another kind of random one-off episode. Matt and I are going to have to strategize what we want to do. But we will for sure be back next week. With another uh, week nine fantasy and NFL yep. recap podcast. So and, and next week will either that. be a little delayed. It'll either be Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but 
we will get out a great episode for you next week. So got to keep the recaps going for yeah. our fantasy football and NFL heads out there. So, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and hopefully uh, you guys have a fabulous week or weekend whenever you decide to listen to this. And uh, you know we appreciate everything. So uh, yep, thanks everybody. Until next time. <laughs>